It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. Believe in ghosts? The first simply disappears, the other two died. Hello, hello, my pretties. It's your criminal researcher and non-destructive fear cult leader, Ashley Lana. Welcome to the new year and season three of Lullaby. I hope that everyone has had a great start to 2024. I'm going to kick off the season and I hope that you are excited as I am. And I want to personally take a moment to welcome all the new listeners who hopped on board during the winter break. Hello, it's Ashley. (laughs) Don't worry, I, I only get more awkward, I assure you. Fear Cult, I have a huge announcement. If you follow Lullaby the Fear podcast on Instagram, X, and threads, or whatever social media, then you probably already know. On December 29th, 2023. Oh, wait, no, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna, I'm really excited. Let's, I'm gonna do it like, like how I do in the episode. On December 29th, 2023, Lullaby the Fear podcast took home the prestigious award for outstanding true crime series at the Canadian Podcast Awards. I'm so excited. This is incredible, Fear Cult. This is awesome. It's such an honor to represent true crime in Canada going into 2024. So Lullaby the Fear podcast is my baby, my brainchild. And to be a solo independent podcaster, editor, and researcher all by myself on this show only makes this recognition that much more meaningful. And I'm unbelievably grateful to accept it. Countless hours and nights spent researching to find all the information to present it to you, the fair cult, so we can all learn these patterns and be safe going into the future by recognizing history. That is why I do this podcast. So thank you, Canada, and thank you for supporting the show. And oh, all my foreign listeners, because I have a lot of you guys too. Thank you for listening, because if it wasn't for you guys, the show wouldn't be as big as it is. So Thank you as a whole to everyone for listening to the podcast. So with that being said, welcome to Lullaby. As I said, because I do this all on my own, release dates, I try very hard to keep it consistent. Now, what I try to do is release an episode every two weeks. However, since this episode is going to be divided into two parts... I've decided that I'm going to make a slight adjustment to the schedule. So instead of making you wait two weeks for the second half of this episode, I'm going to release part two the following week after this episode. So standalone episodes will continue to be released every two weeks. But this is part one, and next week on Monday will be part two. Before the New Year season break, I examined my hometown case of Mark Twitchell, the wannabe Dexter killer who lured in men to his home garage actually by catfishing as a woman on dating sites certified fucking fruitcake and to start the new season i thought i would do a case that i heard about back in 2020 while i was watching dr phil dr p i love that show so he interviewed a woman who created a cult who believed she was mother god the only mother god and of course after the episode i went down the rabbit hole and I couldn't believe the abuse and how she manipulated her followers. 
Destructive Cult 101. HBO released a three-part series called Love is One, The Cult of Mother God, and obviously I watched it. I get to episode three, and I'm waiting for this bomb dropping conclusion that would go on into the cult's live stream documented child and animal abuse, Amy's racist and homophobic beliefs, the conspiracy theories, her pro-Hitler queuing on all this stuff. And I remembered it all from the Dr. Phil documentary that I watched years ago. So I'm watching this HBO documentary and I'm waiting for it. And then the documentary ends. And then I sighed and I'm like, well, I guess I'm doing Amy Carlson. Now, before I even get into this episode, which is an absolute whopper, it's not a worst of the worst, but it's still bad. I'm going to be revealing many facts about the cult that were not explained and or casually rushed over in the documentary. Now, I researched why the Love is One documentary didn't emphasize on the conspiracy and QAnon propaganda or her extremist beliefs. First things first, the HBO documentary has many interviews with many of the former and current members of Love is One, and they appear to tell their story and their theology. So rather than talking with cult experts and psychiatrists, the director chose to use footage and gain the trust of Love is One members and Amy Carlson's sister, her mother, and her kids. So to be able to put this documentary together, bringing in basically two sides of this story, you have to be sensitive about it, right? especially if they all have to work together, which is respectable. she It's her documentary. She can do whatever she wants, right? Whatever she is comfortable making, she can make. With that being said, if a person were to watch this without having a real concept of the entire Amy Carlson case, one could almost view the love as one cult in a positive light, when in fact they are deemed to be a destructive, hate-ridden, harmful, abusive cult under this facade of love, which is not good. This isn't a cushioned examination, okay? So I hope you're ready. My sources for this episode include many documented live stream hours of Love is One posts on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. The Dateline episode, The Ascension of Mother God, Dr. Phil's Love is One Mother God episode, as well as this incredible magazine article by B. Schofield, who is a prominent cult reporter and founder of Guru Magazine titled Creston cult, love is one, leaves man to die in the desert. As well as the incredible source of information from risingabovelovehasone.com, as well as cult experts Rick Ross and Steve Hassan. This episode is pure insanity, so get comfortable. Because sweet dreams are made of these. The following story contains subject matter involving graphic descriptions of cults, religion, animal abuse, verbal and mental abuse, racism, anti-Semitism, mental disorders, eating disorders, and death. Please take into consideration that some topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is Mother and Father God and the Earth Allies. And we declare peace on Earth equal heart. Within this decree and truth, only love, beings, and harmony and balance can be here on planet Earth, equal heart. No matter what happens to me, I will still stand for love. No matter what. You can, like, fucking tear me down, fucking kill me up, and kill several times. Kill me! 
Kill you, fucking ego. Mind, you're fucking done. Cabal, spiritual, ego whore, done. If you're not connected to me, you're out. My own light worker, serving love and bringing in a new paradigm, you fucking dick whore. You're about to get it. And every one of you that went against me, you're going to get it. This is the true story of Amy Carlson and the cult of Mother God, Love is One. Amy Renee Carlson was born on November 30th, 1975 in McPherson, Kansas, United States. From the very beginning, Amy was a sweet and pleasant country girl, the oldest of three sisters. Despite her parents being of lower class, Amy and her sisters were shielded from this reality by their mother, Linda Haythorne, who worked hard to provide them with the best she could. Amy was known for her mischievous nature and kindness towards others. She loved to be the center of attention and loved to make others feel welcome. She particularly enjoyed spending time with her sisters, especially when they played dress up together. According to the future beliefs of Love is One, Amy's divine powers began to emerge during her early years. Archaea Faith, a long-standing member of Love is One, claims that Amy had the ability to communicate with angels as early as the age of four or five years old. Allegedly, Amy's parents took her from church to church in search of guidance from pastors as they were astounded by her spiritual connection. Amy would later convince her Love is One followers that as a child, during a church sermon, she supposedly had an outburst boldly proclaiming to the pastor that he was lying and she asserted her identity as Jesus Christ. Amy insisted to her followers that she caused a commotion and that she had to be removed from the church. Despite Amy teaching this to her followers, Amy's family denies the truthfulness of the story. When Amy was just seven years old, her parents made the difficult decision to get a divorce to spare their daughters from witnessing their constant fights and the abuse towards their mother. In 1984, when Amy was nine, her mother remarried and they moved to Oklahoma City. Amy's father also remarried, leading to a custody battle that resulted in the children living with their father for a period of time. Sadly, this new chapter in Amy's life brought about a difficult relationship with her stepmother. According to Amy's younger sister, Tara, her stepmother harbored resentment towards their mother which created a tense atmosphere, and tragically, Amy endured both mental and physical abuse at the hands of their stepmother. There were instances where Amy was locked in the closet, causing immense distress, and this form of abusive punishment, Amy would later use on the children in Love is One. One incident stands out in the memories of the family, where Amy's biological mother, Linda, noticed a large bruise on Amy's leg when she picked her up one day. Concerned, Linda asked Amy what had happened, to which Amy responded in fear, she'll kill me. Amy excelled academically, earning straight A's and possessing a beautiful singing voice that made her the standout in the school choir. She loved being in the spotlight and her cute attitude was adored by the boys in her high school. Throughout her teenage years, Amy had two long-term boyfriends, experiencing the typical ups and downs of adolescence. However, she maintained a childlike innocence, as proven by her bedroom, which was adorned with unicorns. As she grew older, Amy relocated to Dallas and later Houston, embracing a suburban middle-class lifestyle. Although she had no interest in sports, she found her creative outlet in the choir and theatrical plays. Her youngest sister, Chelsea, looked up to Amy, admiring her intelligence, beauty, and incredible voice. Amy was popular and she was very charismatic, but not necessarily a dominant figure. Her mother describes her simply as not being a leader, at least not yet. 
Amy's journey from a small Kansas town to the bustling cities of Texas would ultimately shape her into the woman she would become. Little did she know that her path would lead her into a new opportunity where her true leadership potential was going to be revealed. At the age of 19, Amy found herself at a party where she would become pregnant after a fleeting encounter with a man who never stayed in her life. Nine months later, at 20 years old, Amy gave birth to a healthy baby boy whom she named Cole. Her sister Tara explained on an episode of Dateline that Amy experienced a series of tumultuous relationships. After high school, Amy seemed to gravitate towards the wrong kind of men who turned out to be abusive and or controlling. This pattern of getting involved with toxic partners became a recurring theme in her life. Despite these hardships, Amy managed to maintain the facade of happiness to those around her. Amy's son Cole would later describe his father. However, it's unknown if he was referring to his stepfather or biological. He discussed his mother as referring to her as Amy. He told NBC, quote, it's kind of a tale of two childhoods for me. My dad was a very stable, great dad. Amy, you know, she was Amy. She was chaotic, not the most stable parent. She wasn't very maternal and she didn't have that warmth. She had no problem leaving her children with other people. Amy and her first husband would divorce, and Amy's mother Linda explained that Amy was always with men who never treated her well. And if there was, she never stayed with them very long. Amy's early dating history is murky, and that's putting it lightly. So as the HBO documentary left out quite a bit, I was researching more on her backstory, and I came across a man named Dana Wells. And he describes himself as the former fiance of Amy Carlson. So he's not listed as one of the three official husbands that Amy married before she abandoned her biological Earth family to become Mother God. However, according to Dana Wells, see, the two were very much engaged from 1998 into 1999. So initially, naturally, I had some skepticism regarding his validity until he began giving exact dates, locations, personal names, and events in a video that he recorded before midnight on April 16th, 2021. And then he posted the video after midnight on YouTube on April 17th, 2021. Okay, so this was way before Love is One captured all this mainstream attention in 2023. Here's where it gets crazy. This video was recorded coincidentally the exact same day that Amy Carlson would die. Spoiler alert, she dies, but the story how we get there is insanity. So the title of this video posted by Dana Wells on YouTube is called My History with Amy Carlson, AKA Mother God slash Love is One. This video that he posted was before the world found out that Amy Carlson had in fact died. He had no idea she died, okay? So being a spiritual person himself, he's a Christian man, Dana would later say that this was a sign from a real God. Now, at the end of this video, Dana says, quote, Amy, if you see this, I am praying for you, okay? To the real God, to the real Jesus Christ. You're not him, but he died for you. He died for all of us, and you can be forgiven, but you've got to reach out for it. I'm sorry, that's all there is, end quote. Yeah, he recorded that the day she died and he had no idea. No one except for the members of Love is One had any idea. So Dana explained in another video, a more recent video posted on November 28th, 2023, that he 
was iced out of the HBO documentary because he is a Catholic man who has firm beliefs in God and that he views Amy Carlson as the devil. So he believes that his religious views, they would not have fit the, the positive narrative that the HBO documentary seemingly was trying to paint. The cushion cult story and that it's focusing on the current members who still to this day think Amy is God. And that disgusts Dana Wells to no end. He thinks Archaea Hope and Archaea Aurora are just awful. And it's very sad how manipulated and brainwashed these followers are. It's not a joke, this is very serious. If you wanna have a non-destructive cult that is happy-go-lucky, everyone has these happy beliefs, you're not hurting people, that's fine. As soon as the abuse comes in, it's not good. And Love is One abuse their members. So Dana Wells doesn't like how it paints Archaea Hope and Archaea Aurora as these innocent little sheep, so to speak. Now, Dana, he felt that the documentary was promoting the cult, saying, quote, they let Hope and Aurora just run crazy with their philosophy and their claims, and it's dangerous. And rather than exposing this cult as a cult, the director framed them in a positive light, end quote. Amy Carlson's family, her children, her sisters, her mother, they are strong as hell. The followers, ex-followers who have spoken out are incredible to be able to be brave enough to share their story because they don't want this to happen to other people. And that is another reason why going through and doing Love is One is very important. So moving forward, you can watch Dana Wells' videos on YouTube where he goes into great detail about his experience with Amy. And I'm about to summarize his claims in the next portion. So let's continue. According to Dana Wells, in 1998, when Amy was around 23 years old, she was singing at a karaoke night at Skillman Street Pub in Dallas, Texas. There, she met the local musician, Dana Wells, and they bonded over their shared love of music. Dana was instantly drawn into Amy's angelic personality and fell madly in love with her. Despite their initial connection, the relationship had its challenges. Dana didn't drink alcohol, while Amy enjoyed indulging in her favorite tequila, Jose Cuervo. Dana humorously recalled that Amy could outdrink any guy and dubbed her the nickname Bartab, as he often found himself footing the bill for their nights out. Dana explained that Amy's family were very loving and that he adored Amy's son, Cole, saying that he was a fantastic little boy. A little under a year of dating, Dana proposed to Amy and she happily accepted. The couple celebrated their engagement by going to see stand-up comedian Dave Chappelle perform at the Improv. They were even fortunate enough to meet him backstage and this added to the excitement of the evening. As time went on, Dana noticed a change in Amy's behavior. She began flirting openly with men and even cheated on him with abusive men. The two began attending church services together. Dana realized that Amy struggled to fully grasp the teachings of the Bible, even though he had gifted her a copy and she told him that she understood absolutely everything within the scripture. Eventually, Amy and Dana decided to move in together, along with Dana's younger daughters from a previous marriage. Not long after, the relationship took a turn when Amy went to her family's home for Thanksgiving in 1999, she didn't invite Dana or his girls, and this raised concerns. And shortly after, the couple ended their engagement. She entered into her second marriage and soon divorce. She gave birth to a daughter named Madison, and Maddie shared her story through a TikTok video revealing that her mother, Amy, was 25 and her father was 21 when they had her. However, Maddie's early years were marked by confusion and instability. Maddie explained that when she was a toddler, her grandparents found her alone and crying in her diaper while her mother Amy and father were at a party. 
It was during this time that Maddie's grandmother, Linda, stepped in to take care of Amy's children while Maddie's father visited on weekends. Maddie had limited knowledge of her mother's whereabouts and experiences until she turned 14 years old, and Maddie decided to search Amy Carlson on YouTube. What she discovered left her angry, confused, and distant from the mother she barely knew. While still in 2004, Amy learned that her former fiance, Dana Wells, had returned to Dallas and was working at the Olive Garden. During their conversation, Dana contemplated the possibility of rekindling their relationship. However, Amy revealed that she was in the process of moving back in with her parents. Amy was working as the district manager at McDonald's and was quite successful, but to Amy, she wasn't fulfilled. Upon returning to her parents' home, Amy began a relationship with another man, eventually marrying him as well, and giving birth to a third child, a son. According to Amy's mother, after the birth of her third child, Amy became increasingly distant and neglectful towards her family. Around 2006, Amy's behavior took a concerning turn as her family noticed her engaging in drug experimentation, particularly with ecstasy. Amy would later openly admit in live streams that her initial introduction to drugs was driven by curiosity and a desire to understand what the fuss was about. She described that within just 20 minutes of trying drugs, her perspective on reality drastically changed. It was in this period that Amy had an arrest for driving under the influence. As her drinking and drug use escalated, Amy immersed herself in the world of the internet, spending hours upon hours researching topics such as new age spirituality, angels, energies, and conspiracy theories. This deep dive into online content led her down a rabbit hole of new and exciting ideas that captivated her attention. The newfound beliefs and concepts that she encountered began to shape her worldview and influence her actions. Then, in a surprising move, Amy abruptly quit her job at McDonald's, leaving her family shocked and concerned about her well-being. She started using the internet to connect with new people, often meeting them in person. These encounters exposed her to even more unconventional ideas, including new age beliefs and theories about alien starships. In May 2006, Amy joined Lightworkers.org, an online platform for individuals seeking spiritual growth and enlightenment. As a single woman looking to make a difference in the world, Amy engaged in conversations about spirituality with a man named Amarith White Eagle, who was significantly older than her. She openly expressed her dissatisfaction for her current life situation and that she felt trapped in a world of illusion. The day Amy Carlson decided to abandon her three children and her family, she was at a birthday party at a restaurant. She politely excused herself from the celebration and never returned. Amy packed up her belongings and left her parents' house before they even had a chance to return home. Amy's oldest biological son, Cole, remembered his mother Amy leaving home unannounced for long periods of time, and it was painful for the family. By the time Amy officially made the decision to leave, she had been married three times with three children, all with different fathers, who all had joint custody. Cole was in the fifth grade at the time, and he remembers coming home from school at the start of winter break to find his dad parked in the driveway of his home. His father then told him the devastating news that his mother Amy had packed her bags and left. Cole being so young at the time felt angry, but as he got older, the anger went away and it developed into pity. Amy's daughter Madison was only five years old at the time when Amy left. Madison recalled in the Love is One documentary that she didn't know if she blamed her mother for leaving or if it was just her mental state that made her leave. As Maddie would grow into a young woman, she would feel anger towards her mother. And it would not be until 13 years later that Maddie would send Amy an angry email to vent about the sadness and the abandonment she felt. The loss that Amy's children felt at an early age were manifesting without closure, a normal response for abandonment. Amy would respond by telling Maddie that she loved her unconditionally and that she could come and visit at any time. 
but Maddie was never comfortable visiting her mother while she lived in the headquarters of the cult. It was only 17 days after meeting Amrith White Eagle online that she decided to abandon her family and run off with him. After their spiritual wedding ceremony, Amrith and Amy, who was now going by the name Leah, fully embraced a hippie lifestyle in Creston, Colorado. They began creating video blogs discussing starships in the sky that were disguised as clouds, that were ready to be decloaked. They were immersed in love and nature and they pondered the meaning of God in these videos and the concepts that everyone was God. They often engaged in deep conversations while smoking marijuana under the stars and they explored the idea of ascension and stepping out of the programmed world to attain a higher vibrational consciousness. Their vision extended beyond themselves as they aimed to create a heaven on earth and foster the sense of communal living that everyone was God. They believed that everyone was welcome to experience love Amy and Amareth were driven by their desire to share their message of peace and love. And in doing so, they created an online blog called the Galactic Free Press at soundofheart.org in 2007. Amareth White Eagle would explain to Hannah Olson, the director of Love is One, quote, the way I look at it, everybody's God. We would talk about ascension, stepping out of the programmed world, attaining a higher vibrational consciousness. We were trying to bring this heaven on earth where everybody could be a part of it, like a family. It was Amy who manipulated the concept to serve her. Amy began discussing the concept of fifth dimension or 5D consciousness, which was believed to be vastly different from the limited mindset of the 3D Earth reality. Amy expressed that her and Amareth were born as a conscious co-creation of father and mother God to experience the yin and yang duality and unite. It didn't take long for Amy's posts and video blogs to start to become strange. On September 1st, 2007, Amy claimed that an erythric voice revealed to her that she would one day become president of the United States, saying, quote, and I'm cleaning the kitchen, baby just down for a nap, and I feel a tap on my shoulder and a whisk of air in my left ear. And then I heard a lower tone voice, not even really a voice, it was more of a message, a violin would play in its music. And it said, president of the United States. I thought, what? What in the world does that mean? I dismiss it and then I hear, you are going to be president of the United States. Then on June 28, 2009, Amy posted a video on YouTube claiming that she had a message for the world given to her by Michael Jackson's spirit, who had only died just three days earlier. That any rainbows seen in the sky from June 27th forward were all gifts from Michael Jackson. And now he was living as rainbows. In 2012, Amy Carlson, joined by Amareth White Eagle, declared that they were mother and father God, and that they declared peace on earth, equal heart. It didn't take long for Amy to manipulate the concepts that were introduced by Amareth White Eagle to align more with her own beliefs, that she was the only mother God. Amy would soon demote father God, Amareth, to a mere human status. And over time, Amy would introduce more father gods as her relationships changed. Amareth openly explained that he understood that Amy evolved the concept that she was more God than other people were God, changing her and Amareth's initial belief that everyone was God. Amy stated that she was put on this earth to advance evolution, not create revolution, referring to herself in videos as Mother God, Mother Earth, Divine Mother, Universal Mother, and White Buffalo Calf Woman. It is unclear specifically when Amareth and Amy Carlson split up, but after the separation, more people started to follow Amy's beliefs. Amy started making videos that expressed her disdain for the capitalist mindset of organizations that controlled people for money, asserting that money was merely paper and that love could not be dissolved. 
Amy explained that she believed that the world was living in an illusionary matrix. Now, although Amy's beliefs aren't new, she manipulated the concept so that they were only hers. These beliefs that were considered to be new by others across the United States started seeking answers from Amy. In Amy's online community, she was creating a place where people felt loved and a place where they belonged. Drug addicts to housewives, to anyone who just wanted to find significance in the world, they felt at home and believed that Amy provided that love online. Overall, Amy's message of love was spreading to people around the United States who started to join her. This small following, Amy called Mother God and the first contact ground crew team. In the beginning, Amy was happy and welcomed everyone. After divorcing from Amrith White Eagle, Amy told the world that she was Mother God and that she was 19 billion years old. My non-destructive fear cult, I am about to explain the story of Mother God. This is what Amy Carlson managed to convince vulnerable people not only to be the true gospel, but in fact, her entire life story. It is esoteric as one can get. And rather than just jotting down Amy's love has won, she's the almighty God theology, I took time to write this out as if I were going to knock on your door and try to get you into love as one. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> this is wild. This is absolutely wild. Okay. Love is One, the website, states, quote, Mother created herself from the energies of love and the unknown. She birthed every soul, including Father God and Father of the Multiverse, and all the stars, planets, galaxies, etc., before undergoing voluntary amnesia and returning to Earth to clean up the failed experiment known as free will. End quote. Are you ready for this? I'm a silly of my religion. Here we go. 19 billion years ago, Amy Carlson, in her first form, was Queen of Lemuria, a theorized lost ancient continent that was said to be located between that would what be now the Indian or Pacific Ocean. Not only was Amy the ruling god, but her father was Donald Trump in a past life. Lemuria was an advanced civilization of large reptilian humanoids known as Lemurians. The Lemurians possessed telepathic abilities and knowledge of advanced technologies that portray them as the ancestors of modern humans, and they lived in a 3D, 4D paradigm. They had not yet evolutionized into 5D frequencies. According to Amy Carlson, her life as the mother goddess was perfect until the day the city of Atlantis declared war on Lemuria, which resulted in the Atlanteans stealing the advanced crystal technology, which backfired and created what we see today as the modern atomic bomb, and they blew up the planet. Which is why you can see the remnants of Atlantis and Lemuria at the bottom of the ocean. The Atlanteans blew up Earth, and they put Earth on the crash course into a black hole. They knocked the planet and all of its inhabitants down, back into the third dimension, and this third dimension causes amnesia. So, in the 3D world, you would forget that you were all royal angels, and Amy Carlson is your mother god. With the planet barren, the Earth was overrun and rebuilt by the reptilians and the Anunnaki aliens, which is what Amy called the evil 1%, the Cabal, a force that has one goal of keeping you, the humans, in a lower energy frequency so you can be blinded by the truth. The Cabal are a group of minions of reptilians and the Anunnaki ancient extraterrestrial deities. They are the global elite, tied to the Illuminati, and they pull the world's sinister strings, orchestrating the dark sham that is modern 3D life. 
in which everything from wars to mass shootings and pandemics are all illusionary, all made up in your mind, engineered to keep humanity in a state of fear. The cabal have been edging out God by creating a cluster of other religions that have been passed down to generations so humanity will never learn about Amy Carlson. Followers of Love is One believe that the only God is Mom, a.k.a. Mother God, a.k.a. Amy Carlson, and that she has returned to Earth after 19 billion years. Love is One states, quote, Her biggest lifetime, of course, was Jesus Christ. Jesus was a woman, and they flipped it on us, and created all these belief systems about Jesus and told us that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and we are all forgiven. And none of that was true. Mom came in as Jesus, and she did the same thing she's doing now, bringing in a higher consciousness and spreading the truth and attempting to get everyone to move into love-based frequencies, and they killed her. So she's back again for the final lifetime. End quote. This is absolutely wild. So, <laughs> this is wild. Now, Mother God, Amy Carlson, Mom, she... She was, her purpose was to save humanity from the dark forces known as the Cabal. And she does this with the help of Father God. So according to Love is One, after being separated from Father God for 19 billion human years, her and Father God, who is ever she's deemed at that moment of time, they have finally reunited to bring balanced harmonics to the planet and achieve heaven on earth. Okay, cool. So Love is One states, quote, God can do anything within universal law, but up until this current lifetime, Mom, Amy Carlson's plans have been repeatedly foiled by the Cabal. All right. Members of Love is One are told that whenever Amy gets to the point where she is to ascend and the world is about to learn her truth, the Cabal always assassinate her and tries to trick humanity from learning the truth. And apparently, it's been successful a total of 534 times. Yes, Fear Cult, Amy Carlson convinced people that she was reincarnated a total of 534 times. Amy is convinced that she remembers each of her lifetimes. And these lifetimes include Jesus Christ, Cleopatra, Joan of Arc, Pocahontas, Marilyn Monroe, a Mayan queen, and this is just to name a few. So Love is One members believe that when the ascension is about to happen, starships are going to come down or a portal is going to open in the ocean and help the chosen 144,000 followers who have surrendered to Mother God to reach a 5D higher level of consciousness without pain. While Amy's non-believers, yours truly, would be sent to live on the central galactic sun or turned into rocks. Surrender to Mother God. The end. Absolutely righteous story, bro. So that's what she convinced all these people to be religion. Like, that is the only religion. And I'm sorry. I'm gonna need to see this lady burnt onto a piece of toast before I convert. Now, I'm open to a plethora of concepts and I love learning and discussing about mainstream, even esoteric beliefs and religions. Aliens? Fuck yeah, I'm down. It doesn't mean that everyone has to believe it and it becomes an issue when religious beliefs become extremist and destructive, meaning that people get abused, manipulated, and sometimes even get murdered for not believing. That's the line in the sand. 
and love is one is they're they're on that road so the cult gets nasty and at this point amy is relatively innocent for her and she just explodes it's complete insanity now at this point if her story about being a 19 billion year old god reincarnation hasn't sold you hasn't made you want to sign over your 401k you better get your pocketbooks out because now she's telling people that she can speak telepathically with the galactics in the 5d dimension so these galactics they telepathically speak to her and they have to remind her that she is a god and she is living on this earth with a purpose to ascend Amy took her Bob Ross skills to the max when she created this collage of her etheric galactic A-team for Love is One members to look at with Amy, obviously, top, front, and center. And this list of these celebrities, like all their pictures, are mostly made up of dead celebrities. And the only person who is alive on this list is Donald Trump. So the list is as follows. Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Robin Williams, St. Germain, Steve Irwin, Gene Wilder, John Denver, John Lennon, Prince, Leonard Nimoy, Carrie Fisher, George Michael, David Bowie, Tupac, Chris Farley, Patrick Swayze, John Candy, Rodney Dangerfield, Kenny Rogers, Aretha Franklin, Tom Petty, Kobe Bryant, Walt Disney, Christopher Reeves, Bob Marley, Regis Philbin. The list goes on. So, those people that I just listed are Amy's telepathic galactic archangels that live on a spaceship in space that will come down and save her when she ascends and she can speak telepathically to them. Amy really obsesses over Robin Williams and it's skimmed over as part of the production in the HBO documentary For Love Is One, but they don't explain where she got her inspiration from. Her ex-fiance, Dana Wells, posted a video on YouTube that explains how he believes he understands where the inspiration for her cult came from. And he said, quote, she believes that Robin Williams was speaking to her from the afterlife. Why? Because one of her favorite movies, probably her all-time favorite movie, was What Dreams May Come, end quote. I find this next part really interesting. Amy asked Dana one night if they could go to Blockbuster and rent some movies, and she asked him if he had ever seen the 1998 Oscar-winning Robin Williams film, What Dreams May Come. He said no. Now, the plot of this movie is Robin Williams plays a husband named Chris Nielsen who dies in an accident and he enters heaven. He discovers that his beloved wife, Annie, has killed herself out of grief over the loss of her children, who also died. And then he embarks on this afterlife adventure to reunite with her. Now, the movie follows Robin Williams' character as he travels the experiences of the fifth dimension. It's not the definitive reason why Amy Carlson started Love is One or why Robin Williams, but it's just, it's an interesting point to bring up, right? It is a event that happened in her life and it may be influential. Dana Wells also explains that he might understand where the Marilyn Monroe reincarnation concept stem from. One night during the West End of Dallas, they were together, him and Amy, and they were doing karaoke and a friend named Bill took a Polaroid photo of the couple. Now, friends who were there started commenting on how beautiful Amy looked and how her short blonde hair and red lips made her look like Marilyn Monroe. And Dana explained, 
that he's confident that this photo was the inspiration why she claimed she was Marilyn Monroe in a past life. Because after that photo was taken and everybody was complimenting her, she couldn't get over it. I feel like I'm all over the place because this story is absolutely wild and there's a lot of people involved. So let's see where we are. Amy and Amareth White Eagle became separated and then divorced, and she took over the Galactic Press newspaper and the blog and the YouTube. Amy then told every one of her followers that Father God was never a god or a deity, and that she consumed his powers when she demoted him, which doesn't particularly make sense, but okay. Amy then started a new YouTube podcast called Galactic Free Press daily update and in these videos she started counting down to december 12 2012 and the date associated with the apocalyptic predictions of the end of the world amy claimed that the galactic alignment was soon approaching and that humanity needed to prepare for the decloaking of spaceships which she referred to as the mass awakening amy believed that this event was going to occur within nine months if humanity did not surrender to mother earth her so obviously, the 2012 doomsday did not happen, but the momentum of Amy's teachings, they continued to grow, and Amy's online presence blew up. And her postings, she, by the by the end of 2021, she had posted over 2,700 videos. There it was, a lot. Amy's mother god religion isn't called Love Has Won yet. It's still called Mother God and the First Contact Ground Crew Team. All of her followers refer to her as Mother God, Mama, or Mom. So throughout the story, it's kind of interchanging because of who's talking. Amy will get hundreds of subscribers, but she'll only ever have a close 20 devotee group of Love is One loyalists who will live with her on this chaotic journey, starting in Creston, Colorado, the paranormal New Age capital of the world. Let's continue. Michael Miguel Lamboy became one of the next loyal disciples to join Mother God. Michael was a very intelligent man who was a consultant in project management for information technology with business and nonprofit organizations, including the United Nations, until his spiritual awakening in late 2012. He joined the Galactic Free Press chat room and he grew close to Amy. Soon he quit his job and he flew from Brooklyn to Creston to join her small group. Amy affectionately named him Archangel Michael. Their romantic chemistry led the small group to move from Creston, Colorado to a spacious, isolated 5,000-square-foot cabin in Mount Shasta, California, located in the National Forest. Michael would go on solo live streams as a spiritual counselor for the ascension of Mother Earth and claim that Amy has healed him of stage 4 lung cancer. Michael Miguel Lamboy would become an important high-ranking Love is One member. He would oversee the finances and, along with Amy, would make the final decisions as to where their money was spent. He would also later claim that he was never a member of Love is One, which will be proven a lie. In 2013, Amy began sharing videos on the Galactic Press website discussing government conspiracies and societal corruption. She attracted new followers by emphasizing their importance in her New Age movement and her mission to save the world as God. Among those who joined the group at this time was Andrew, a young man who had recently survived a terrible car accident. Andrew was introverted, and he connected with Amy online, who proclaimed that he could be the new Father God. All he had to do was come to California. Amy told him that he didn't have to speak on the camera. He only had to be the man in the background of the videos. Andrew recalled in the HBO Love is One documentary that when he arrived, 
Amy and Archangel Michael Lamboy had been consuming mushrooms going on 36 hours at the time he arrived. They then included him by giving him a larger dose than anyone should take. As Andrew started to recover from his trip, he remembered Amy being the first person that he saw, and she propositioned him for sex. Although Andrew wasn't attracted to her, he saw it as a challenge from God, and they soon fell in love, posting videos together. Andrew financially supported the group with his $700 paychecks providing food and marijuana. He described the group as being constantly high throughout the day. Amy was seen as a brilliant and insightful woman, but her behavior changed immediately after dinner. She had a heavy drinking habit and would often appear drunk in online videos. Despite banning drug use for her followers, Amy justified her own substance abuse by claiming that she was God and she was allowed to indulge and it helped her transmute the pain in the world. Only those she permitted were allowed to partake as well. Andrew used his background in social media marketing to revamp the group's website and change their name to Love as One. They posted daily blogs across various platforms to increase traffic and Amy remained the central figure as Mother God, while Archangel Michael oversaw the group's finances. Michael appeared in videos encouraging people to join the ascension process with Mother God. Amy began charging people for spiritual healings and claimed to be able to cure various ailments, including tumors, kidney failure, and mental illness. As the group grew and promoted their business, Amy and Michael saw the potential for more followers and financial gain. Amy started using the earnings to purchase new age clothing and accessories, adorning herself in vibrant rainbow dresses, crystal jewelry, and even crowns. In 2014, Andrew, now known as Father God, joined Amy in a video announcing the commencement of the planetary full ascension. Together, they proclaimed that Amy, as Mother God, had the power to perform soul retrievals to prepare individuals for the upcoming great ascension. According to their beliefs, starships would arrive to transport Amy and her chosen followers into the fifth dimension when the time was right. Amy confidently asserted that she was in communication with the deceased and angels, and together they would guide them towards the ultimate awakening. To establish Love as One as a nonprofit religious group, they created the official tenets. These principles served to legitimize their organization and solidify their status as a recognized religious entity. Here are the Love is One tenets, as simplified by the awareness group risingaboveloveisone.com. Number one, support honesty and truth. Truth referring to being a believer of Amy as the only mother God. We are guided by divine galactic beings, angels, and ascended masters who assist us on our spiritual journey with mother God. Number two, support freedom and live life real. Translation, devote every aspect of your life to the cult and regard others as brainwashed for not believing in the same. Number three, support visions, faith, and miracles. Referring to Amy's choices, her ability to heal and set up twin flames. Amy was to choose relationships within the group. Number four, support mother earth and heaven and support unconditional love and God. Love is the highest vibration. Love is the foundation of all existence and the key to spiritual growth. Number five, Support angels who all serve the highest good, meaning surrender to Amy with no questions asked for she is serving you as well. Number six, support who you truly are as gods slash goddesses, meaning be grateful to be part of love as one and working for the light, the good guys. And finally, number seven, support beauty, perfect health and healing, meaning support mother God by purchasing our products and donating to the cause. 
The New Earth decrees, as advocated by Love is One, propose a transformative shift in consciousness and societal structures. These decrees emphasize the dissolution of ego as a means to end conflict and promote unity among humanity. The vision is for Mother God to lead and partner with all of humanity in the collective endeavor. The second set of divine decrees put forth by Love is One aims to bring about the immediate end of war, religion, corporations, and greed. These decrees call for transparency and demand tangible evidence to substantiate the various conspiracy theories that Love is One asserts are true. One of Love is One's decrees calls for the entire 9-11 truth to be revealed as a hoax, as well as UFO cover-ups to be released or else the US government will be abolished once Amy has ascended. Certain members of Love is One have publicly advocated for pro-Nazi and Holocaust denial during live streams, claiming that they know the truth of Adolf Hitler and that he was working for Mother God and the Light. The group had members spew anti-Semitic statements that the Holocaust was invented or exaggerated by Jewish people as a plot to advance Jewish interests. A shocking and offensive video was posted on Reddit of certain members of Love is One, proudly ranting about their homophobic, anti-Semitic, racist, and conspiracy beliefs. The video has since been removed. Members of Love is One have also advocated that the Sandy Hook Massacre was a hoax. The Sandy Hook Massacre refers to the tragic shooting incident that took place on December 14, 2012 at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, United States. A gunman named Adam Lanza fatally shot 20 children and six adult staff members before taking his own life. The incident shocked the nation and led to a renewed discussion on gun control and mental health. Love is One believes it was a hoax. And finally, Love is One has documented their beliefs that Amy is a spiritual leader of QAnon, that anyone who believes in the controversial system unknowingly worships Mother, aka Mother God, Amy Carlson. QAnon asserts the legitimacy of its claims and portrays Donald Trump as the righteous figure of the cosmic realm. Despite some of the group's politically charged declarations leaning towards anarcho-communism, Love is One surprisingly aligns itself with Donald Trump and how he too is facing the shadowy cabal. The Love Has One website had contained 64 articles dedicated to Donald Trump, many of which echoed QAnon's rhetoric about cosmic purpose. Love Has One stood firm with the belief that Donald Trump in a previous life was the father of the Queen of Lemuria, originating on internet forums in 2017. QAnon is a far-right conspiracy theory that alleges the existence of a clandestine group of pedophiles and Satan-worshipping elites who conspire against former U.S. President Donald Trump. Supporters of QAnon firmly believe that Trump is covertly working to expose and dismantle this deep state of conspiracy. However, it's important to note that QAnon has faced widespread debunking and criticism for propagating unfound claims and inciting violence. In the HBO documentary Love is One, the concept of Love is One's dangerous beliefs was brushed over. Variety.com asked the director, Hannah Olson, the following question, quote, There is documented affinity between Love is One and QAnon's 2020 Great Awakening, which is when Donald Trump was supposed to stay in power by declaring martial law. Was that one of their dangerous beliefs you didn't want to bring into the light? Hannah Olson responded, saying, quote, I didn't want to platform those beliefs, but I also feel like so much reporting has been done on QAnon and the alt-right. I feel like by laying it out in the end of episode one, when Amy said that Hitler was working for the light and that the group was supporting Trump and believed in the same kinds of conspiracies, that it showed their beliefs without providing them a platform for their reasoning behind those controversial and bigoted beliefs. I treated those beliefs the same way I treated all of their beliefs, which was just to state them without commentary. Father God Andrew had a lingering sense of unease during his brief 10 month stint with the growing Love is One group. He had a keen ability to see through the illusions and the lies created by Amy. 
Andrew never believed that he was a deity himself, and he managed to sow seeds of doubt in Amy's mind of her own divinity as Mother God. However, Archangel Michael Lamboy, the finance manager and spiritualist, played a crucial role in reinforcing Amy's belief in her status as the one true Mother God, countering Andrew's influence and accusing him of trying to undermine the group's progress. In a confrontation, Michael and Amy presented Andrew with an ultimatum, either keep his mouth shut or leave the team. Andrew chose to leave and currently speaks out about his former life with Amy Carlson. I want to share something about what I saw in Amy that I hope will help people understand her better and maybe will help current members to see. So in order to be God, Amy believed she needed to transcend the ego mind. She believed someone with an ego couldn't be God and God couldn't ever have an ego, so she couldn't have one. She related the ego to the mind and believed she lived only in her heart at all times. I know this because she told me this is what I had to do to be Father God. This belief specifically is the genesis of where she began down the rabbit hole and got lost. And ironically enough, it's exactly where the denial of her own humanity began. I watched her alcoholism, angry outbursts, living in filth, incessant babbling, and telling hours of stories about how she was always meant to be Mother God, which sounded like someone who was busy trying to convince themselves, and she was. It was rather sad to watch and hard to listen to at 2, 3, and 4 a.m. for hours on end. None of these things exist in a whole, balanced, and healthy person. They're all machinations of the ego, as she defined it. These things and her belief in being an egoless god couldn't occupy the same space. So this is where she went into a deep denial that, tragically enough, she would never recover from, and is why I place as much responsibility as I do at the feet of Miguel Lamboy, who fought tooth and nail against me to protect this denial and this delusion for her, despite several occasions where she came close to breaking free of it. Anyway, and unfortunately for Amy, just when you think you have the mind and ego beat is actually when you have lost, because only the ego and mind would make that claim. The heart would say, I'm making great progress, recognizing that in life, the battle is never truly won. So here we have a person who is self-aware enough to see these issues of alcoholism, anger, and deception, and somehow has to be egoless at the same time. I believe the level of denial it required is what drove her to drink like she did. All of her belief systems were at odds with her reality. The solutions to her problems were hidden behind a truth that she refused to accept because to her, it meant not being God. She had to explain it all away as something other than it was. And it angers me, personally, that there was nobody around her that saw and loved the person, but rather the God, the idea, which didn't even exist. Limitlessness only exists in the absence of definition. And this was the tragic beginning and end of Amy as Mother God. On December 20th, 2015, Amy posted a video of a new Father God, number three. The following year, a new Father God would be introduced via live stream on March 13th, 2016, and Amy would post a video announcing the new Father God to replace the previous ones. Amy is wearing a Beauty and the Beast-inspired princess costume, complete with a crown, and she says, I introduce Father of Creation for the first time on this planet in physical form. She then takes a step in front of her and announces to the people to step into their role. As more followers flocked to join the group, they embraced the communal lifestyle under Amy's leadership. The belief system surrounding Amy Carlson and the ascension of Mother God took a dramatic turn. A former Love is One member named Aaron described this process of creation within the group as messy and bewildering. 
Intrigued by the promise of spiritual healing and a sense of belonging, Archaea Faith made the decision to join Love as One and immerse herself in the group's activities. Prior to her involvement, Faith presented herself as a spiritual leader, offering chakra cleanings to individuals seeking solace and guidance. When she became an official member of Love as One, Archaea Faith began assisting Amy in conducting spiritual healings, both online and over the phone. During one of these sessions, Archaea Faith became connected with a young girl named Ashley. This young woman would soon become a prominent follower of Mother God. Ashley eventually joined Amy in Mount Shasta, California, as Archaea hoped. Amy Carlson, leveraging her power on the internet, strategically targeted vulnerable individuals who were grappling with the feeling of isolation and or loneliness. They had the weight of their own personal struggles, such as grief, addiction, and trauma. By spreading the anti-medicine message, Amy propagated the belief that individuals could heal themselves only if they surrendered to love as one. The alleged spiritual healings performed by Amy included claims of curing physical ailments like cancer, and this attracted significant individuals searching for a sense of purpose and acceptance. The allure of being told that they were angels drew loyal followers from various ages, ranging from teenagers, young parents who brought their infants to elderly individuals seeking guidance. Archaea Faith claimed to have received messages from Robin Williams. The more people started to join, he apparently told her that they were going to need a bigger boat. Archaea Hope, formerly known as Ashley, was just an ordinary person before she met Amy Carlson and joined Love as One. When Ashley decided to leave her family, much like Amy Carlson had left hers in her past, she had recently gone through a breakup and lost her job. Ashley's biological mother, Debbie, recalls realizing Love as One was a cult when she saw her daughter Ashley, now known as Archaea Hope, sitting in a group discussing how the 3D world is an illusion and humanity is ascending to greater things, with Mother God Amy Carlson as the divine savior for those who would surrender. Everyone else would die. Archaea Hope admits to feeling unsure when she first arrived at Love as One and met Mother God. She claims that the angels told her to just be her friend, Archaea Hope was eager to join the higher ranks alongside members like Archaea Faith, so she did everything she could to be recognized, including voluntarily cleaning the entire house from top to bottom every single day, just to sleep on the floor in mother's bedroom each night. From that moment on, Archaea Hope became one of the most loyal followers of Amy Carlson, alongside another member named Archaea Aurora. Archaea Aurora, formerly known as Lauren, grew up in an affluent part of Southern Florida, in the HBO Love is One documentary, she explains that after graduating high school in 2008, during the recession, she realized that money and materialistic desires didn't matter to her. Lauren went to law school and eventually participated in healing sessions with Archaea Faith, who converted her into Love is One, where she took on a new name, Archaea Aurora. Together with Archaea Hope, they conducted daily live streams for Mother God and held healing sessions, becoming the main angels of Amy's galactic first ground team. It didn't take long for Amy to find a new father god to join the group in California. Former Marine Corps soldier John Henry strongly believed that Amy Carlson was mother god. He discovered love as one and he remained by her side unwaveringly. After completing a six-year contract with the Marines, he fell into a deep depression and he discovered love as one online. He soon moved into love as one and became romantically involved with Amy Carlson and was deemed the new father god. As Amy's teachings gained popularity online, El Moira, formerly known as Ryan, became the next young man to join Love as One and move into the cabin commune as the spiritual consultant. Ryan's father had struggled with an addiction to prescription pain medication, which tragically ended his life, leaving Ryan heartbroken. Ryan found strength in new age gurus online, 
which led him to Amy Carlson and his new mother god. Ryan was given the name Elmoira and was considered the master of ancient wisdom, but Elmoira did not arrive alone. While passing through Las Vegas, Nevada, he met a man who some members believed to have divided Love is One. In 2018, Love is One reached its peak in popularity. Views within the group seemed to diverge around this time, regarding when the group transitioned into what some would consider a destructive and heavily abusive cult. It's important to understand that there are two types of cults, benign, non-destructive cults, where followers are not harmed in any way, and destructive cults, where mental and or physical abuse occur in the name of the devotion of a belief system. Love has one's group dynamic shifted with the introduction of the next and final father god, the master of all creation, Jason Castillo. Jason Gilbert Castillo was born in Wisconsin, United States in 1975 and was the final father god to enter Amy's life, her so-called twin flame. His last earthly job was managing a blockbuster in Las Vegas and he loved it, but when he got promoted and they did not pay him enough, he left. Upon discovering Amy Carlson online, Jason was already convinced that the Matrix was a reality and that humanity was enslaved and that the 3D Earth was nothing more than an ego illusion. By his mid-40s, Jason had a public record of robbery, DUIs, and substance abuse. As per the Citrus County Sheriff's Department's affidavit, Jason had been arrested and spent six months in jail in Clear Springs, Florida in 2019 for criminal mischief and burglary. Prior to these charges, he had been arrested for child neglect and writing bad checks in Dunn County, Wisconsin. In 2018, when Jason discovered Love is One, he was homeless living in Las Vegas. Jason managed to hitch a ride with El Moira, aka Ryan, as he was driving to the Love is One cabin in California. Upon arrival, Jason and El Moira felt an immediate sense of belonging with the 15 followers residing at the forest cabin. Jason in particular was smitten with Amy and her leadership style. The precise moment Jason got on Amy's good side is when he fixed her broken lamp and she praised his brilliance, a compliment he had never received before. He had never been referred to in a positive light and he knew he loved her at that moment. Jason began trying to impress her and made use of his time by performing maintenance around the cabin. He soon realized that he was the only one putting in a lot of effort around the cabin grounds. One day while raking leaves, he had a moment of realization. He looked around and saw that everyone else was partying and having fun while he was doing all the work. He dropped the rake and then declared that the cabin was his own. He looked around and then told himself, this is my fucking house. Join me next Monday for part two, the conclusion of Love is One and the Cult of Mother God. <laughs>